This is a special edition iFanboy podcast on Thor The Dark World. on Thor The Dark World. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and here with me is Paul Montgomery. Hello, sir. And we are from iFanboy.com, and every week we talk about the week's books, but we also like to talk about the movies that come out, so we thought we'd talk about Thor The Dark World, the newest from Marvel Studios, and there will be spoilers ahead. I'd just like to get that out now, since uh, we'll be talking about the film. Uh, this is the second Thor film, the second film since Avengers. This is uh, directed by Alan Taylor, a veteran of Game of Thrones and television. This is, I think, this is his first film. Sounds and, right. And uh, let's, I mean, let's just jump into the action. It's you know, it's everyone you saw from the first film back again for more Thor action. And um, Paul, what did you think? Uh, I'm a happy Thor fan. Um, okay, good. Thor is <laughs> Thor. The the original Thor is um, one of my favorites from Phase One. Yes. Um, it's I, part of it is that I just I love that world. I love the blend of fantasy and science fiction and romance and comedy. It's 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 one of the funnier movies in the line. Um, usually, you think of Iron Man for that, but I, I really love Thor. There's a lot um, to talk well. about in this movie. The more I think about it, it's crazy. There is. It it really is. It, and, and but there's more of that here. It's it's bigger and um, more of what you liked from the original Thor. Um, well, more so Loki. I, I, I saw a uh, screening of this on Monday before it came out Friday in North America, and so I was fielding a lot of questions throughout the week from people wanting to know how it was, and I, I described it two ways. One, I said, uh, and I'd rewatched the original Thor the day before going to see the screening just to sort of prep, you know, get pumped up for it, and um, mm-hmm. the first Thor is very small. It's a very small movie. It basically all takes place in that small town. Thor doesn't have his powers for like 85% of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's a very small movie. This movie is a giant movie. This movie opens up the world. He, it takes place over all the nine realms. It's, it's giant battles. I mean, this is... Here we go to Vanaheim and... This uh, is the opposite of the first film in terms of sc- scope and scale. Uh, this is a Thor movie. Um, yes, the other thing I, just, I, I, I like to tell people is that it's almost a comedy. And yeah. And you said the same thing I've been saying is that you know you think of Iron Man because Downey Jr. is so funny, but and and Cap has jokes and uh, and Avengers had jokes in it, but the, the first Thor movie is almost a comedy as and this one's almost the same because they really sort of embrace the joke here. It's not just the funny quips from this from the hero. There's set pieces, there's comedy pieces, there's callbacks, there's all kinds of things that they really sort of. It's and it's not a. It's not a yuck fest. It's you know, it's a big action film with big action pieces, but it's also as it's much- really well balanced. Yeah. I think because you have a, uh, I think if there are any complaints that I've heard about um, from a lot of the reviews, it's that Christopher Eccleston as uh, Malekith mm-hmm. is not the most you know is, is not the most well rounded. Yeah, no, that, he's, he's, kind of, he's Nero from Star Trek, basically. He's uh, even more. I mean, he's like he's like he's like Sauron, really. I mean, he's yeah. like from from Lord of the Rings. He's he's sort of um, not the pterodactyl guy. Right. Uh, he's he's it's it's very much about 
I'm going to destroy the world. I'm going to plunge the world back into darkness yeah. at all costs. There's no jokes whatsoever. Even Nero had some like, "Hello, Christopher." Yeah, it's just sort of. It's just sort of like he he's there and he's a he's a device to tell the story. But they're, they're, he's not. The only downside I thought of the movie was that he's not super compelling the character or the performance. Well, that's okay Which because you've plenty of other antagonism from Loki, who's. Marvel's best villain, at least in the cinematic universe. Well, he, he was the only character that received applause when they appeared on screen. Like, the, oh, that's cool. The audience loves Loki. And I had a very unresponsive audience, except for a guy behind me who was <laughs> at every joke. And when he first saw the Aether, he's yeah. like, oh, carnage. And I was like, Jesus. no, no, pal. <laughs> um, so uh, let's, let's back it up and, t- and just give a brief yeah. rundown of what the story is. So coming out of the events in the Avengers... Um, Thor is you know, he's taken Loki to to Asgardian prison which is in the dungeons underneath uh, the, the, the the city I guess or the, the castle and then he's been dispatched by Odin to bring restore order to the nine realms so there's a great sequence where he him and the warriors three and Lady Sif are you know doing doing battle across the, uh, the, the the nine realms as they you know pacify I guess the uprisings that have been going on um, and then, uh, in the course of this, the there's a, the, we learn the story of the dark elves, who were the the, the bad people in the, the realm before even the time of Odin, even before Odin with with Bor, his uh, Thor's grandfather. Yeah. And uh, they were just, they were defeated and destroyed, and and their their weapon, the Ether, was uh, was was hidden away, never to be found again. And and then so we find that the leader of the dark elves actually didn't die. He's Malekith, and he's coming back, and he. The ether is discovered by Jane on on Earth. She was working now in London uh, with her team of uh, Selvig, who has gone a little bonkers since the New York incident. Uh, I loved his his constant nuttiness and running around naked. And then uh, uh, Darcy, her her funny assistant, they're all working in London now with their new intern Ian. And they accidentally stumble upon a portal to another dimension, which Jane falls through and ends up uh, with the ether. And so she unleashes the ether that unleashes the dark elves. And it all ends up in a giant battle on Earth, but then also through all the nine realms, which I thought was a fantastic final battle sequence going through those portals. Yeah, yeah really. Um, and that's, you know, Loki ends up having to help Thor out after, you know, it just, there's just a lot of things happening. But as you said, it felt very balanced, felt very fun, and it moved very quickly. And uh, God, I just, I had so much fun watching this movie. In fact, so much fun, I'm going to see it again uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check this out. I always see it first to review it, and then I go check it out with my dad, who's a big fan of these movies, and um, he especially likes the the funny ones. Yeah. So uh, this one we're really looking forward to. Um, kind of worried about Captain America because it looks a little bit more uh, a little darker. Right. So I don't know if there's gonna be as many laughs there with the Cold War stuff. But anyway, uh, let's I mean let's talk about the fun because that's really one of the elements I think that really distinguishes. And I hate you know you hate to get into the Marvel versus DC thing, but it's almost impossible not to. But you know, I remember watching this film and, and having a distinct thought in the middle, going, "I'm never going to see a DC movie like this." Where <laughs> you know the DC yeah. Warner Brothers has gone the dark, gritty route and sort of unrelentingly dark, and it worked great for Batman, but not so great for Superman. And I just you know you just feel that that tone will continue. It's even there in Arrow a bit, although they've lightened it up quite a bit in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the amount of pure joy in, in, in the, the way this is written is something that doesn't exist in these DC movies. And I was watching that thinking it made me sad because, you know, probably never happened. But that doesn't take away from how much fun these Marvel movies are and how well constructed they are and how, you know, I keep waiting for them to fall on their face with one of these and it hasn't happened yet. Um, and even, Thor. Even, even Hulk was enjoyable. Before we saw the first Thor movie, I was wondering, like, what is Thor going to be like in live action? Because up until then, we just had um, 
the babysitter movie. Right. Uh, so well, no, you had a, you had a Thor was also in the Hulk movie, the uh, trial of the no, that was the Daredevil, the death of the Hulk. That's right. the incredible Hulk. We had Thor. But like you're like what what are how are you going to present the Hulk who or excuse me the Thor and like but in this and in the first he's so charming and he can be like brooding and and regal and, and noble and everything and and uh, but he can also there's such joy when like you know you know he takes out a bad guy in the beginning he's like anyone else and well, it's they, they just really right. lucked out with Chris Hemsworth he is. You know, he is gigantic. He mm-hmm. looks the part. He He's handsome, but he can do comedy really well. He can do comedy. He can do romance. And he's uh, a walking Christmas machine, which means I must hate him because he does everything well. He's handsome. He's tall. I uh, Every time I looked over my girlfriend, she was giggling into her hands every time he did something you know, on the screen. And, and it's just... Now, I know that he has muscles that I have that are just, <laughs> I don't have them developed. They're under the surface, a, Paul. He has additional muscles right. that I have never had and never will have. Right. Um, um, things on his back that I did not know you could have. He's a great Thor. And the thing, we've talked about this a lot throughout the years, talking to these Marvel movies, is that they really cast well. They did. And uh, I really love this whole ensemble, this whole Thor ensemble. From It's really important. From Hemsworth um, to H- Hedelson as Loki to the whole Earth gang with Natalie Portman and Kat Dennings and uh, Stellan Skarsgård to I love Anthony Hopkins as Odin. I mean, the whole Warriors Three is, is great. They got we have a new uh, uh, we had uh, Chuck <laughs> join the cast this year as uh, what's the character's name? The, the as uh, Fandral. Fandral, um, new Fandral, and then Hogan. Yep. And uh, Volstag. Really yeah, Hog- they they leave Hogan behind, which you know they have so many plus Sif and like more, more stuff for Sif to do, which is which is pretty cool. What was great was that also I told people I forgot one of the things I also told people was that everyone got more to do this time. Yes, they had a, a, a shining moment like Fandral, I think especially they still don't quite have uh, Volstag. Um, he's not quite as voluminous as he needs to be. Well, they, um, they made they, they they talk about that. I read an article about it. He's you know he's he's basically a guy with a big beer belly. They're not you know. It, it's not yeah. It's not just the size. Like I mean, they could have gone like Bomber from The Hobbit, like and go really super fat and stuff, and have him sitting on people. Um, but even just like the personality isn't quite there. You want John Candy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's right. Vostek. Uh, um, yeah, and then Heimdall, just Elba got more to do. I mean, and yes, and Frigga, Rene Russo, the mother had a, she got she got she a, had like a lightsaber duel. That was yeah, pretty cool. Was, I really was impressed by this movie quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and ugh, God, I, just, I love this world. You know, I love this world they've created. These characters that they, they've they've brought forth. There's one. There's one chilling moment, and I'd, I'd love seeing more of Asgard. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one chilling moment where uh, Thor and and uh, and Jane are walking out in this promenade, and there's uh, looking out on a lake, and it's very reminiscent of a certain scene in Star Wars <laughs> Episode Two, um, and, <laughs> yeah. and and them together, and especially the way she's dressed and the way it's lit, and just this li- particular setting in Asgard, but so much better um you know jane's not like a like i don't really think a, a fully fleshed out character she is a bit of a damsel in distress from from time to time and i, I don't well, she i is, mean she isn't she she uses her brains in this to save the day quite a few times she does the final battle she's she's no she's not like you know waiting around for thor to save her she actually saves thor a couple times with her. you know was the was the real surprise in this was was skarsgård I, I wasn't expecting him to be the comic relief that he was. I think he uh, had s- uh, some moments where it was it was a little bit um, 
uh, thankless in the Avengers right. and in the original Thor, where he's kind of an exposition machine. Um, that's very much that's not the case here. I mean, he gives away some exposition, but um, naked at Stonehenge. He's, um, I was. Really, I'm gonna. I'm gonna need to get my pants. Um, it was awesome because books. he's almost always the heavy these days. Like he's almost yeah. always the villain, the psychopath, the bad guy. You but, do not think about his dragon tattoo role. No, or any of it. I was, I was watching Ronan the other day, and I forgot he's one of the. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he's he's never been cast in the in the evil master. Even even uh, Goodwill Hunting, he's the bad mathematician. It's just, <laughs> but here he gets to sort of be the unbridled, goofy scientist guy who has gone nuts from his encounter with Loki and and uh, runs around Sunhenge naked. And it's I I I thought he was great. I I thought everyone in this movie was was really wonderful. I mean, yeah, Jane is. Probably you know she's probably the least compelling of that group just as because you know right. as an actress she she does not you know Kat Dennings is sort of naturally funny and Stellan Skarsgård obviously could pull that's it probably off. it is because she's the one who's she doesn't get to be funny as right. often uh, but I think she really works as as love interest I, I I thought they had great chemistry in the first ep, ep, uh, movie and they had you know continued here mm-hmm. but uh, you know you got she got to go to Asgard so we got to see the sort of the reverse fish out of water where she yeah yeah that's true instead of last time where Thor was on Earth and she went to Asgard and had to deal with meeting the mother and the and the father who really didn't want her to be there and. And the weird technology and, and, and wearing the clothes. And I thought that was all fun. And that was fun. There, there was a point where, like, halfway through the movie, I was like, there's, there, there's missing something. And it's like the Thor being the fish out of water on Earth that I really liked from the first movie. But then he comes to Earth, and you get that great moment where he hangs up his hammer yeah. on the hat rack. And or rides the, sub- the underground. Or rides the subway. Yeah. So it, it's there. You just got to wait for it. But it, it all comes together. And um, it's a really satisfying movie. And as you said, that final action sequence. Um, even though it's just like dark, dark, dark and end of the world stuff, um, going through all the portals through the nine realms and then watching that hammer. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, I, the I, hammer was, you just kept waiting for it because the hammer kept getting left behind. But so it automatically wants to return to Thor. So it keeps, keeps flying, it's flying through the universe and it, it just, you're waiting for that. It's a really triumphant feeling when that hammer races back to his hand and, and uh, it's just a great it's a great power set it's a great weapon and um, Thor as a hero is, is somebody that you can get behind and you, you really like him even when even when he's like you know brooding and he should be celebrating and he, you know he's, he's never annoying never obnoxious um, we've, we've passed that point where he's the brash and arrogant Thor and um, now he's just a guy that, that you know you can like and I think they very wisely um, expanded Heimdall's role Mm-hmm. Um, and you get like a you get like a Star Wars thing. Like, no, I, I mean, I was mentioning the Naboo stuff, but mm-hmm. like when they they when the Dark Elves come in, yeah, there's a really cool design for their ships. Well, those and, Dark Elf masks were terrifying. Yes, they are. Those like white, it was like a Kubrick kind yeah, of. It was very scary. much Kubrick uh, orgy masks. And yes, whoever designed those, I'm going to send you my Insomnia bill. Can you bill for Insomnia? Yeah. Um, I, I love the masks. I love the dark elf design. I love the like the design of all the you know the different races and stuff in this film. You see some creatures from other realms throughout, like some demony looking creatures, um, and you know some some uh, ice trolls and things like that. Um, really the one thing, go ahead. The, the, just real quickly, the one design thing that I think may, may have helped is if they're uh, like the dark elves have totally opaque eyes, mm-hmm. and maybe if we got to see more of uh, Eccleston's face, right. He's a very expressive actor. It, there is a sense that, and we mentioned that, like it's it's kind of okay that he's such a broad, one note kind of character. 
right. um, because there are other characters filling the, those more complicated roles. Um, but if if maybe we could see more of his face, that would be helpful. And there is a feeling that uh, he and um, I'm going to butcher the name, but the guy from Lost who plays um, Adebisi Curse. from Oz. Yes, always be Adebisi from Oz. Yes, those could uh, kind of be anybody. Right. Could, like any actor could kind of, like, not any actor, but you know what I mean. Like it doesn't, you know, it, it's not a, a great showcase for their. Yeah, ability. They're, I mean, they're they're basically a plot device. You know, they're they've come to destroy the earth, and it's really about what's happening around them. And uh, it's great designs, but it's yeah. just like I can't see through. I can't see through those eyes, and I I don't really know, you know, right what and they the want. Problem, other I mean, and the problem ends up being that the best villain so far in the Marvel universe was the first movie. And he couldn't really be the villain again because he was the villain in Avengers again. You know, they couldn't make Loki be the bad guy. So yeah, yeah. So they had to go a different way. And you know, I know people have complained about Loki overexposure, and I've seen it all over the place. But he's so good as Loki. He brings a really complicated element to the character that I don't care. <laughs> I don't have him in every movie. I don't care. Yeah. Um, when he's in prison, that's basically what happens is when the Dark Elves attack. They they invade uh, Asgard and end up killing Thor and Loki's mother in a, in a battle, and you know the whole Loki's been in prison the whole time and he sneers at his family and he he doesn't want to you know he won't admit that she's his mother because he's adopted and and he hates everyone but he he really takes it hard because he was his mother's son he was the one who did magic yeah. like her he wasn't Thor That's Thor right. was Odin's son he was his mother's son I love the sequence where Thor comes down to tell Loki that the mother's dead and. You know, Loki's being all brash and his Loki self, but it's really just an illusion. And he's really his, he's smashed up his cell and his, he looks haggard and clearly he's taking it to heart. And and he goes he goes into rage mode once against the Dark Elves once they, he finds that they've killed his mother. And I loved that aspect yeah, of his character. Yeah, I really did too. Um, there's there's this sort of an armchair kind of thing, but I part of me wishes that they. It's not about the Loki overexposure, but I wish that they sort of delayed the gratification of seeing Loki. Right. I don't know that we need the scene where he comes to Asgard in chains and, you know, um, but then, you know, if we did wait until Thor comes down um, just to the cells right. and see, we would lose that moment where the, the guard comes in and we can't see, we can't hear what he's saying, but he's saying, you know, that, that Frigga has, has died right. and see him you know like force push all of the stuff in his cell right. um, we would lose that moment but maybe you could do that moment when thor tells him but um anyways I, it, it kind of would have been cool to delay that a little bit because he is like the hannibal lecter right of the of this universe and um i don't know that he's overexposed at this point but um i think they should be very careful moving forward with how yeah, they i think they said he's not play with you him. won't see him in the next avengers film i hope uh, we see him again i mean it looks like we well, should like the way the movie ends is that he has taken he has taken over asgard he's, he's pretending to be odin and what happened to odin is right the is another question but i think I think you'll see him again in Thor 3. I found myself wishing, because I just love Hemsworth so much, I found myself wishing they would do the the uh, God Bomb story for the third movie. <laughs> just because I want to yeah. see, see Hemsworth play old Thor, and I want to see him play young Brash Thor again. There was a thing, I guess, an interview um, a while ago, maybe a few weeks ago, where he talked about what he wanted uh-huh. Thor 3 to be, and he was saying that um, it should be Ragnarok. Right. And that makes sense if you want to do like a trilogy. Um, but also maybe to go down to hell. And I think the... The afterlife, seeing maybe seeing things like you know, I'm sure that Frigga's not in hell, 
with right. one L. She's probably in Valhalla, but um, and that, that the funeral scene was really beautiful. It was that great, and at first I was like, barge. I was like, wow, do we need this? But then I thought, you know, it really did work. It was a nice scene. Um, it also helped sort of uh, you know show the grief of everyone, which led to the anger and the fighting um, later. Um, I just and then that leads like direct doesn't it lead like directly into a Selvig scene? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a real, there's like really great dissonance in it, but it, but it works. Like the, the, there's some really broad comedy, but then and some really heartfelt stuff. But it well, it, all, it all fits together. Something else you mentioned earlier about how at first you were looking for the Thora fish out of water stuff and then it ended yeah. up happening. I found myself wondering, you know, the I thought the rules of the world were a little muddy, like. Are they gods? Are they not? Like, do they are they worried about death? Or but then they, they explain it as soon as I start thinking about it. Then Odin says, yeah, says Odin no, says we're actually we, not gods. We 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 do die. It just takes a long time. I was worried that he was going to go with like the sort of the studio notes or so, someone like has said like they're not they're not really gods. Think of them as aliens. I was I was really worried he was going to say like we're actually extraterrestrials. And um, but no, it was that that was I think really right on that. They have they're just really long lives, yeah, but they, they are for five thousand years. But they do they they do end up dying because I always so that Thor always actually me believes with the Odin, with the Odin sleep, you know, like yeah, yeah. If they don't die, what's the point of the Odin sleep? And then you know that, that never really I never really figured that out. But then this movie made it clear that they're just they just live a long time and they're very strong, but they can die and they and that's that. the difference between something like this and like midichlorians, you know, right. like that this did they explain just enough about how this world works, right. And there's and you know new wrinkles things like see like they have like these like laser cannons, and right. there's like spaceships. That's that's what I kind of love about Marvel's Thor that it's so unusual that he's this weird combination of fantasy and science fiction, mm-hmm. um, and they they capture that really well um, in these films, and we get to see more of it here, and it's not too much, it's just right. So yeah. well, we should talk about those post credit sequences. Well, before that, um, you want? okay. Before that, there there is one more point that which is somewhat related to that. I was going to get to that in a minute. Um, I'm, I'm, I said before that Loki was the only character they clapped for when he came out, which is not entirely true. They also clapped hardly for the Captain America cameo. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> it uh, was great. So much so that I had no idea what he actually said. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching it again um, because the audience went berserk. He has a lot of lines. He went berserk. The audience went berserk when Cap showed up. Um, when it was actually just Loki pretending to be Cap, but it was still. Like, do you want to talk about truth and justice and patriotism and? <laughs> yeah, I love this suit's very tight. That's about the only one I got before they I couldn't hear anymore. But um, that was fun. I was like, I was you know every every post Avengers movie so far has had at least two Avengers in it. The, there was the Hulk cameo in Iron Man two. There's a Cap cameo in this one. And then Captain America two is going to have Black Widow in it. So every so far every yeah. every movie's had at least two Avengers in it. But um, so that was fun. I liked that a lot. And then. Post-credit sequences. Let's talk about those because I, I almost consider them different parts of the movie. So now this is interesting. Also, just very quickly, Alan Taylor has sort of disavowed the mid-credit sequence, right. saying like, if there's anything that I could like not have in this movie or like I don't want to take credit for, it's that. Well, and it was yeah. Let's talk about the, the second one first because that's that's really the, part the post-credits, of the movie. not the mid. Yeah, there's, so there's two sequences. There's the mid-sequence and there's a post-credits. It's exactly like Avengers. There's the. Right. The Marvel Universe-related scene is in mid-credits and then the sort of... The, b- so the Thanos spot and the shawarma spot. And the, bo- the button is, is related to the movie. And I thought the button was great. It was... You know, the movie ends and Thor's gone back to Asgard and and Jane is sad. They're all sitting around the table and, you know, when's he going to come back? You know, last time he left, you, you didn't see him again for two years and and you're kind of left on a down note, especially yeah. at the very last scene of the movie. But then the post-credit sequence was great. Thor comes back and... 
sweeps up Jaina's arms and it was just it was it was a great way of showing you know he's not gonna forget about her and or leave her this time and it's and it's, it's about that I mean that's the that's the direct thing but also the indirect thing is saying like he he talked he talks about it with who he thinks is Odin but it's actually Loki right. that he's going to be in all of these worlds right. and defend them and he wants to, he doesn't want to be stuck on a throne he wants to be an act and so this is his choice to be an active avenger right to be a th- um, to be thor not odin he wants to be yeah. he wants to be out there protecting people and not sitting on a throne um, and so it's very cool to see that and it's you know it's great that was great a great great final, great final scene and you get the little joke of the uh, fr- ice troll oh yeah um yeah. It's not a frost giant. It's an ice troll, and he's and he's chasing the the birds. Yeah, so there's an ice troll in London. So we'll see how. The, uh, yeah, um, it's very at home. It's very cold there. Well, the Shield will be taking care of that. Yeah, I wonder if that's what they're going to do in the show. Um, so if you watch Shield, the next episode is going to relate to the show, the movie. It's probably going to have to do with things going through portals, and because yeah. that's kind of Shield's thing is right. physics kind of stuff. So then the mid credit sequence. <laughs> so the mid credit sequence. Uh, we are in a very alien world, all kinds of strange beings, and then um, Volstag and Sif, right? They're the two of the Yeah, are. yeah. Uh, we see them walking up to a strange being, and they're giving him an object to hold for them. There's a pink girl, and... And yeah. it's, it's uh, Benicio Del Toro playing the collector, and they give him one of the infinity gems to hide for them. And, um, it's the Aether. Right, it's it's the Aether, and so it, that's kind of interesting. So there's a lot of things that are interesting about the scene, um, if if you know what you're looking at. Um, so they're giving him the Aether, which is they're calling an Infinity Gem, and the Tesseract is another Infinity Gem, right, which I which don't is, know. I don't know if they've spoken about the Tesseract, which is strange because there was actually an Infinity Gauntlet in the first movie with the gems in it. That's right. So I don't, they didn't know that they were going to be this huge, I guess, and that they were going to go there. I had two thoughts on this sequence. One, I agree with Alan Taylor. Uh, it looked a little cheap. It looked cheap. It just it looked awkward. My other thought is I, I, I my worry with Guardians of the Galaxy, and this was <laughs> this was not assuaged at all by the scene. It was only right. reinforced. Is that I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be a bridge too far for most people. Because it was weird. Uh, he was over the top as the collector um, in weirdness. And so James Gunn, um, I liked Slither. Mm-hmm. James Gunn directed this sequence just like uh, Joss Whedon directed the sequence post-Thor with the Avengers tie-in. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I, I can appreciate some James Gunn humor. Now... Maybe it's helpful that the Guardians of the Galaxy are distanced from a lot of this other stuff, mm-hmm. that they can be their own thing and have their own tone. It's it's kind of unfortunate that well, actually, you know, if this was after Captain America Winter Soldier, it'd probably yeah. be even more jarring. But no, it's, it works in this because there's a big cosmic story, but the cosmic stuff and but like but even but Volstag and Sif, like they're supposed to feel uncomfortable, but they just look awkward. Like we do not belong in this scene. Like <laughs> this is not our movie. We were we just happened to be around set one day and they hauled us in. Like um, it's yeah, very... my my worry with the, with the the Wave Three movies and you've got Ant Man in there and. Guardians of the Galaxy is is this you know they might be getting too far from the things that made them successful. 
Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I'm not going to judge the movie. I'm going to, you know, I, we haven't even seen a trailer with most of the, this is just one character from the movie. It happens to be a very flamboyant, over-the-top character. Um, maybe the rest of the film won't be like that. But and I'm not gonna. Pre-judge. She was doing like a like a heavier Bardem kind of like yeah. weird. Like although Benicio del Toro is pretty weird on his own, but um, and he's, look, he's an Oscar winner. What are you gonna do? But it, it it made me no less worried than I have been about Guardians of the Galaxy. It only reinforced what I was worried about that it's gonna be really too crazy for most people. But we'll see. But that's what I that's my feeling coming out of that was uh, it's a it, yeah. And I just I wonder what people are going to think like i just i i've had so many funny reactions behind me at these movies like the guy thinking the aether was carnage um and then with the avengers one time i saw it and i saw the thanos scene and and uh there was a woman who said oh hellboy and then there was an and uh, the next time i saw it they said oh the thing right they didn't know who thanos was and right. you know fine they'll be introduced to thanos eventually but um this is by far the weirdest um, bonus thing yeah. that they've tagged onto a movie, and it's just—it's a—it's a deep cut even for lifelong Marvel fans. Um, and I only just because I know the casting, like I know what that is. And, right. you know, I there really was a space. Know I, don't, I haven't read any of the modern Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, so I don't know anything about that. But it's uh, yeah. He's not really a modern Guardians of the Galaxy. No, but I, I never really read any of that stuff. But I, I certainly. But the, but the modern characters seem to be the ones like the you know. Uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot and all those. But at least the modern way they've been portrayed seems to be the model they're going with. I could be wrong. I haven't read any of them. So, but uh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It was weird, and I do I do kind of feel bad for Alan Taylor because like that's part of his movie, and it doesn't feel like part of his movie. No, it, it looked kind of like a sci-fi show, like a yeah. S-Y-F-Y show. And it's and it's like and, and it puts you in a weird mood that you see that at the mid credits, and then you get to the post credits and we're back yes into this movie, and this didn't feel like 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 the um the Iron Man three one felt like a like a little tag. This the also Iron Man just felt like one. a continuation of the movie. Like it's like an additional scene. Like it right. could have ended there instead of it being a post credit scene. The Iron Man three one. For me, it remains the most disappointing, even with this Guardians of the Galaxy scene, simply because it's the only one that doesn't move the overall plot or the overall world forward. I, don't, I wouldn't. I think plots. It's a work. reminder that that movie should have had Bruce Banner in it because that was a great relationship from yes. Avengers, and right. I wanted more when you see them driving off together. And Iron Man three was already in the works, right? And so they just—it's like a. Um, yeah, so it, better better than nothing. But listen, I don't I don't sound too down on it. It just was very weird, and I was very sort of taken aback by it, and I wasn't sure what to think. I'm, I'm interested to see what I think in that with a second viewing, knowing what yeah, it's coming. a head scratcher. That's what it really yes, is. It's just, yes, it's like what and but uh, but overall, um, so excited to see this again. Um, I love this movie. This is I you know I don't want this. It's it's getting weird to start ranking them, but uh, this is one of my favorites yes. from. Uh, you know this phase or any other phase, um, I, and I'm glad that it's so weird. It's you know a great, maybe a, a good way to end this is it's so exciting to see up on the screen Thor will return. Yes, um, that there are two great Thor solo movies, and <laughs> he's great in the Avengers. Yes, um, they pulled it off. And then in a uh, year and a half, he'll be back in Age of Ultron, if not before that, in some other cameo. Um, 
uh, from what I've what I've heard, he, Hemsworth is booked. He is like he for the next five or six years, he is going to be working a lot. Yeah, he should. He's he's, he's really good. Yeah. So if you enjoyed the first Thor film or or Thor in the Avengers movies, you, you you had to see this movie. I think it was great. Um, you know, the Marvel Studios continues to on on its movie role. So good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Now. I'm really looking forward to the Winter Soldier. I, I was before. I, I watched that trailer ten times, but you know now I really want to get to the next one because I yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. Another. <laughs> so go to ifanboy.com. You can find this show and you can comment on it. Tell us what you thought of Thor, what you thought of the movie, what you thought of the post-credit sequence, the mid-credit sequence, what you're gonna, what you're looking forward to, anything you have, you know, what you want to say about this film. Go to ifanboy.com. You can do it there. And don't forget to listen to the Pick of the Week podcast every week where we, Paul and I and Josh Flanagan talk about the week's worth of books. And, uh, and go to iFanboy to talk about those books there also. So until the next movie, which I don't even know what the next movie is, but we'll be another one. We'll be back. I'm Captain Connor. America, right? Well, that's I'm a long Paul. way off. So we'll see. All right. Well, you're, you're Connor. I'm Paul. I'm, okay. I'm Connor. You're Paul. He's Thor. He's very handsome.